1: the joint practice of training camp coming up. Let's talk about the things to watch when the Green Bay Packers come to town.
0: You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Let's go. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on Lockdown Bengals, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. That makes it really easy to be a first listener. Join that first listen club that makes the Lockdown Bengals podcast their first listen every day on the way to work or whatever you do first thing in the morning, maybe having a cup of coffee and all those everydayers that listen and don't miss an episode of the podcast you know who you are we appreciate all of you today we're going to dive into a little bit of a mailbag with some topics that we haven't necessarily had a ton of time to talk about throughout training camp because there's been a lot to talk about we're also going to spend some time here at the beginning of the show james talking about the joint practice Mm -hmm. more speed closer to game speed more competition it's still a practice it's not going to be playoff intensity or anything quite like that, but you talk to coaches, you talk to the players. It's clear that this is a little bit more intense. It's a step up and it's different guys and it's live competition against a team that has some pretty good players. And I think they're going to be a lot of fun things to watch. For me, it starts in the trenches. How about you? Well, it's seeing these starters and, and that this
2: is what, maybe the only time we're going to see the starters, I think there's a chance they go next week in Atlanta, but, for the most part, this is the time to be able to see the the secondary, which we'll talk about. This is the chance to see the offensive line, which whether it's Jonah Williams in the trenches, whether mm-hmm. it's Zach Carter on the other side, I, you know how how much has he leveled up going into his second year? There's a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball, and so yeah, I'll be watching very very closely. But the matchup I care about the most, Jake, is the one involving uno number one jamar chase who's arguably what a top two three receiver in the league some listening to this podcast would say best receiver in the league i certainly think he could take that crown this year if he has a a career year but jair alexander Mm -hmm. thinks he's the best cornerback in the league and so i want to watch this matchup it's not as great without burrow but that's fine that means that jamar has an opportunity to to show that he could beat jair alexander with his backup quarterback or his backups backup quarterback, yeah. which is uh is certainly
1: something I'll be watching for. They both talk too. Hopefully this is near enough to where we can be yeah, that maybe. we can hear some of the back and forth. Because yeah, that, that's a fun element for sure of, of this thing as well. But you're right, it is the starters, and, and that's a great matchup. Also, T Higgins against Jair Alexander. For bo- sure. Bo- both the starting wide receivers against Jair Alexander, I think, are going to be fun matchups to watch, especially with the quarterbacks, because this goes back to that DJ Ivy pass breakup. We talked about sometimes it's the corner beating the quarterback and in in these one-on-one drills. And that's what it was on that particular play. The throw was late from Jake Browning to Jamar chase in the red zone. And and that's why DJ Ivy gets him there to break it up. But if you can beat them with the backup quarterback, like you said, that means you're doing your job as a receiver very well because that margin for error is smaller. You need to create more space for your quarterback in a lot of cases, but in addition to the, the glamour stuff, there's not... The glamour. The the, 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 the
2: glamour. The glitzy
1: oh, positions. Whatever. Of the NFL. No the skill players. The there's, positions that matter. There's no Devontae Adams in Green Bay anymore, but still seeing DJ, DJ Turner, DJ Ivy, Cam Taylor Brick go against Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs will be interesting it's a, it's a different set of players are not as good as the ones they go against I'd say in practice every day with the Bengals ones being who they are but beyond that the trench stuff to me like I said at the beginning is, is very interesting and that's talking about the ones and Rashawn Gary coming off an ACL might not do too much I talked to Peter Bukowski a little bit uh, before we recorded this he's a host of Locked on, Locked on Packers and Lucas Van Ness has been pretty impressive in Packers camp from what he said very powerful guy you talk about power one i want to see how jonah williams handles power because that's been something that at times has gotten him mm-hmm. he's not the biggest tackle right two i want to see how power tries to go through orlando brown because when you think about how orlando brown loses reps yeah it's not to power it's quickness Yeah, but i would like to see lucas van Ness try because that's that's Somebody who thinks he's powerful running into a brick wall. Good luck. That'd yeah. be fun.
2: It would be fun. And and I think we'll see it. And I agree. Uh, I'm excited to see. Well, well th- honestly, a big question. Trench wise. Will Kappa suit up? Yeah. Will Alex Kappa be okay? We haven't heard much. Zach Taylor is talking before the practice on Wednesday. So depending on when you hear this, we may have that answer. But yeah, I think uh, th- that's, that's a factor. Cordell Volson. We keep hearing the praise for him. But I think we know what four of the five guys are and I think we have a good feel for Jonah but you're right mm-hmm. is he going to to show and have a good showing here because this is if he has a good showing on Wednesday we might not see him in the preseason at all they may just shelve this offensive line because why why risk it with yeah. any of these guys if Kappa's a little nicked up Jonah obviously has the injury history we know how valuable Orlando Brown Jr. is you may say you know what there's we're thinking long haul here so Wednesday is big for the offensive line. And then I think it's big for the defensive line because we've gotten a lot of questions about miles Murphy Mm -hmm. and this is our chance. And I was actually talking to a veteran on Monday and he was like, I'm really excited to see miles Murphy on Wednesday and then on Friday, because Mm -hmm. he's such a freak and this veterans on the defensive side of the ball. He's such a freak athlete. How does that translate to the field? And so some of his teammates are excited to see him. I know we haven't talked a lot about him. We've mentioned him when, We feel it's necessary, but hopefully we're talking a lot about him in a positive light following Wednesday's practice and certainly after Friday night.
1: Yeah, there's some really good players on that Green Bay offensive line. David Bakhtiari, obviously. Zach Tom has been pretty good at the NFL level. Elton Jenkins, who's hyper versatile, is is a really good player. I, I think top to bottom, the Green Bay starting offensive line is pretty good. So seeing those matchups, if Miles Murphy gets a shot at him, and I would expect that he would get a shot at Green Bay's ones, at least a few reps in practice. and. He'll probably play a lot in that preseason game, or at least a good amount. Maybe a lot is overstating uh, it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a lot.
2: Make him play a lot. Yeah, get him some reps. I, I I think that's yeah, sort of the key because he's going to be rotating to start the year at best. So you mm-hmm. need to get him some reps now and get him that experience. And and that's that, to me, when looking at all these young players, we have all these observations. We're going to learn more about them over the next couple of days. DJ Turner versus Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yep. Right. Uh, DJ Ivy against these these wide receivers for Green Bay, and I get it. They aren't the the guys of of past, and Jordan Love isn't Aaron Rodgers. It's still a test, yeah. And it's a test that isn't on your team, and whether it's the tendencies that you you get used to and you learn day in day out playing against your own teammates, that isn't there, and that's going to be broken a bit. And the other thing I'm looking forward to, how many scuffles. Mm-hmm are had during
1: wednesday's practice i think though there will be a couple for sure i'm hoping for as few as possible personally i'm not a fan of the joint practice training camp fights those they just make me uncomfortable i don't know i know you would have been really uncomfortable last year i was aaron donald man i was i wasn't there yeah it it was not pleasant it was not not. the last thing i'll mention running backs and pass protection we talked about this yesterday as well Uh, Talked to Peter Burkowski about this. Mentioned that they like sending zone blitzes. Kay Walker, Quay Walker, Key Walker? Quay Walker. Quay Walker has been a guy that they've liked to work in on blitzes in Green Bay. So seeing some of these running backs dealing with the the front and and the blitzes that they might see, hopefully they've, they've worked some of that into the script for the practice. And then can't go the whole time without mentioning Kenny Clark, the elite three tech, the elite interior defensive lineman, uh for green bay and we'll get to see some some of his work against the bengals interior mm-hmm. So a lot of fun matchups to watch this is probably the only time we'll get to see the starters like you mentioned james and so it's going to be fun yeah it I'm is looking forward to recapping that one so if jake versus the sun is the number
2: one training camp battle jake versus names k walker is the the second biggest training camp battle that he's working through k walker well but like thinking for, k Adams. for boats
1: it's like key all right. So it was Kay Adams. You were thinking of, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Coming up next, some other training camp notes to catch up on. We've got some mailbag questions we'll answer to do so. And we'll do that next. Today's show
2: is brought to you by underdog fantasy. August is here. And you know what that means? It's the official start of fantasy football drafting month. And you have to get championship ready for your home league, by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy, all you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup each and every week, and you can try it out with Underdog's best ball tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back with $15 million. Fifteen million, That's NFL player money, maybe not Joe Burrow extension money, but it's it's still a lot of dough. Prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. And I'm going to enter this last year. The winner drafted their team in July. Can't wait around. I'm going to get on in on it soon, maybe when this joint practice is over. And you can, too, by going to underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy promo code on. And you're going to get that first deposit doubled. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Let's dive into a mailbag. We got a question about the rookie receivers. I feel like we've mentioned these guys a little bit, but big day. For Charlie Jones returning to practice yesterday and on on Tuesday. And question from Showtime at Barclay 970, how good do Chuck Sizzle and Yosef Ash look? And how do you think they'll be util- utilized? Both look like good assets going forward, in Showtime's opinion. One thing can be said the Bengals know how to draft wide receivers.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Cause I, I don't think that this was a certainly a, a wide receiver strong draft. And yet I think they found two guys that can be contributors. In the near future, I think Charlie Jones is obviously more refined. There's an easy path to him to contribute right away, and it's punt return. I think he's the best punt returner on the team. That's what's kind of big about this week for him. And while I don't think he's going to be part of any contact drills on Wednesday, and I'm speculating here with that shoulder, their goal is to get him ready for Friday, which would obviously be great to get him on the, the preseason field, get him under the lights, see how he responds. I know Darren Simmons is big. With special teamers in that way, and uh, so yeah, Charlie Jones, punt returner, backup slot receiver. He's shown the ability though to get separation against one-on-one uh, cornerbacks, m- multiple cornerbacks. Whether it's DJ Turner's had a great camp, uh, obviously you you could go down the list of some of those back end guys. He's had success, so I think that he's uh, he's coming along nicely. As far as Andre Yosavash I think he's less consistent than Charlie Jones, but he's got the splash plays. I mean, he had the the catch over Turner on Monday. He had multiple catches on Sunday with from Trevor Simeon. And uh, so, yeah, he's progressing. I think you see the traits. I think you see what the Bengals saw pre-draft and why they were so interested in him and took him in the sixth round and doubled down at wide receiver. So both of these guys could ultimately contribute at some point. You hope it's not much because that will likely mean an injury when it comes to to offense, but could Yosevash contribute as a special teamer? I think that's his path to securing a roster spot. And then obviously Charlie Jones, he's got to win that punt returner job uh, if he's going to get on the field and contribute early. As long as Tyler Boyd's healthy.
1: And Yosovash did have one really nice rep as a gunner that I noticed, but before or, or uh, during Monday's practice, during the during the punt part of the practice when b- Brad Robbins was booming punts, five second hang time, fifty-five yard plus punts, and I know that's got to make Bengals fans happy to hear that Brad Robbins has been impressive and he has, but this is about the wide receivers. I, I think for, for Charlie Jones getting into games will be very important mm. to, to see how he deals with the variety of coverages that you're going to face in the NFL. It's not mm. all, you know, a man context. You're not always going to be in the one-on-ones and obviously, right? Like that, that's the way football works. So how his feel for zones develops and, and can he get open in the zone, find the right place to sit down and make himself a target you're going to see a lot of that in the game. The other thing that that is, I think it would be great to get him ready to go for Green Bay. I do. I think it's important to get him ready as soon as possible. But like Joe Burrow, less importantly than Joe Burrow, but like Joe Burrow, if he needs a week, is two preseason games enough? Like, let's not rush him back out there because he might actually have a pretty significant role on this team. Sure. If he is a punt returner, if he is going to be, you know, part of your kick return, with with Travion Williams being hurt, with the running back room being a little bit of a question mark. Uh I just wouldn't want to rush. Sure. And, and that's true for any player's injury. I
2: think. Yeah, right now at this stage, I agree. I mean, he's a he's a lock to make the team, Charlie is. So you're not going to mm-hmm. you're not going to, to rush him back. And I don't think they will. I think they'll play it too. I just think ideally they'd be able to get him out there. And that's why he was out there on Monday to test it. Mm-hmm as we record this it's tuesday i'm sure he's a bit sore today so we'll see what he does wednesday
1: and then hopefully he can get out there because it it would be good valuable experience like you said and yosavash on the other hand is is one of the more interesting players on this roster because he certainly looks like he belongs on an nfl roster so far we'll see how he does in games right we've stressed this over and over at this point in training camp it's easy to fall in love with practice players they have to do it in the games as well and even then Sometimes it translates to the games. Remember Damian Willis started the, uh, do I have the name wrong again? Uh, No, I think you're right. He was number 15, but yeah. Okay. You're shaking your head. I thought I had the, no, just because he shouldn't have started that game, but, but had a great preseason and and sometimes it it doesn't translate to the regular season either. Right. And so Mm -hmm. not saying that's the case with Yosef but these guys do need to show it in games. You can't just be a good practice player needs to show up in games. And, Yosef has been impressive. Th- those physical tools really do show up. I think he's ahead of where he should be as a sixth round rookie, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, future T Higgins, right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's give these guys time to, to develop and show what they can do in games.
2: No, I don't think he's ever
1: going to be T. Yeah, T is a freak. And in just looking at the two, and I know
2: how great Yosef is as an athlete, but when you see T in person, he looks different than he did last year. It's certainly different than the year before. Like, I think he's like the other day. I think I turned to you. I turned to someone and I'm like, man, it's a wide receiver one. If I've ever seen one, like he just
1: looks it. Well, and, it, and obviously plays like it. Even from a production perspective, when Jamar was out, his somebody tweeted about this and I wish I remembered who, so I could give them credit. This happens to me all the time. Um, his, his pace was crazy during those games. When, when Jamar was out, did he, he sign
2: that extension yet?
1: unfortunately we have not heard
2: news i had someone tell me in the locker room i can share it on the pod. it's okay i'm not gonna say who they need to pay that man yeah and T was like five five feet away he didn't hear it's like they need to pay that man i don't want him to hear but he, he nodded his head towards t and uh and then that man
1: next year because jamar was right there <laughs> i know this question is about the rookie receivers but let's just take a second to i mean we we've talked about these guys a lot t higgins looks great the polish is fantastic he's yes. still winning above the rim and he moves like a man his size should not be able to move and jamar is still jamar I mean the the guy is special it's very obvious and both of them this year you know you see the little bits of development right mm-hmm. the the little improvements and you're seeing that this year as well the, the the intricacies of their games both of them have improved I think so that's that's exciting the the the, the skill players in this offense, should be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, they should. And let's stick with that theme real quick. Offensive scheme is our
2: next question. Will at Will knows ball underscore. How's the offense doing scheme wise?
1: Is it explosive? Well, we talked about the slot fade to T. Higgins. Yep. And you talked to him in the locker room about that. He's very excited about that route. And if you can get T. Higgins, and I've said this multiple times, you can get T. Higgins isolated on a slot corner in man, and he follows him across the formation. That's a slam dunk every time. That's an explosive play. Literally, Yeah, he's dunking on him. Uh, The other thing that I think you're seeing from a scheme perspective that I think is interesting, we saw some pistol reps Mm. yesterday, Mm -hmm. which wasn't a big part of this Bengals offense, but uh, they were repping it on Monday. So that'll be interesting to see if that is a bigger part of the offense or not. We're seeing a lot of emphasis on RPO. We talked about that throughout the off-season program. That's still happening in camp. They're taking a period out of most of the practices I've seen, not all of them, I think maybe three or three of them, they've taken at least a period with the quarterbacks to rep RPO. So Hmm. that is just going through the footwork, the, 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 you know, the ball placement for the running back. And then there's a coach that'll kind of react. The coach will either bite on the run and then you're supposed to throw it or he'll drop back out and you're supposed to hand it off. So they've been drilling that consistently. I think, I think that is going to be, a more significant part of the offense this year as they've really kind of embraced and, and developed the the offense that they got to last year, but with a full off season behind it
2: up next, we'll continue the conversation. We'll look at the secondary. Should we be concerned about the safeties? What about a deep cornerback room? We'll dive into those questions coming up next.
1: Let's talk about this secondary, a, a point of contention or, or, or concern, I guess I should say, this offseason. And Ryan Kaufman at Ryan C 282 wanted to know how the secondary looks together, the communication there the way it was with Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell.
2: No, because they haven't spent three years together like Bates and Bell have. I think that's such a, a big point. And uh, Ryan, I'm glad that you had asked this and brought it up because that's... The thing that they need to iron out, if you're, if you're talking about Wednesday and how important that is, man, the communication on the back end, that's going to be extremely valuable. The argument to playing them at all in the preseason, maybe in Atlanta next week, that's it. So they can get out there, so they can communicate and and just gain that experience together. I think that's the biggest thing. Dax Hill is capable of doing anything, really, that that they need him to do from the safety spot. They know what Nick Scott is and certainly brings – Uh, a lot of the same traits uh, that Luana Rumo requires from a deep safety. So I I think they'll be fine that that way, but they need to continue to work on their communication. And by the way, I'm not saying it's an issue. It's just you get more comfortable the more you do it and the more you're with that person. So the the safety tandem, it's going to be different. It's going to feel different. Hopefully they get a lot of valuable reps against the Packers on Wednesday. And I would not rule out the idea of seeing them at some point this preseason, even if it's for a
1: series. I'm also very interested to see how they use the safeties in this joint practice, because we've seen a lot of Dax Hill. I I mentioned this yesterday, Dax Hill working with corners and one-on-ones, not safeties. Uh, Dax Hill down near the line of scrimmage quite a bit in coverage in the slot quite a bit. So seeing how they use these guys against another team will be very interesting. And hopefully we get a look at it. I don't know if we will. You mentioned maybe a drive or two in the preseason. It will be interesting because there were hints before Joe Burrow's injury that the coaching staff was leaning toward playing these starters a little bit in the preseason. And that would certainly be one unit where they'd want to see how those guys are coming along and, and put that into a game situation. But yeah, maybe you just roll out the first team defense for a drive. Yeah. Could be a drive. Could be the year that we, we see these starters a little bit more in the preseason, a little bit at all in the preseason.
2: I I wouldn't mind it. I, I think it would have to be very quick though. Quick hook. From Zach, which I, I don't think he'll have
1: a problem doing. Yeah, and you know, as far as the rest of the secondary, we've talked about about talked a lot about the rookie corners, and this fits into a theme I think. Just just to talk about this because you know you talk to enough people, either in the media or enough fans, and you know you see stuff like DJ Ivy's for sure making the team. You see stuff like Andre Yosovash, hundred percent making the team. Doesn't matter what he does, he's he's going to make the team. Same thing for DJ Ivy, and then Mike Thomas seems to be the personal protector on the first team punt unit is out there mental repping before every practice, going through visualization, laying out helmets and, and and uh, you know, the over jerseys, the, the mm-hmm. yellow jerseys on the ground and going through mental reps of, of personal pump protection before every practice. Then people are convinced, well, Mike Thomas needs to make the team. Leadership, special teamer. And then it doesn't all fit. So, so for a lot of these guys that are exciting, that's why the, the games are going to be important. We'll see what happens over the rest of the preseason because you, you can't keep everybody, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about how tight this roster is, and and I think that uh, it's just a point that kind of ties into the secondary a little bit with with some of the guys. Sidney Jones, even so some of the guys in the back end.
2: Yeah, there's there's only so many spots, and so the Sidney Jones, DJ Ivy battle is is going to be interesting and, and what happens there. And obviously there's some other guys in that room as well um, that are in the mix. And it, it's a deep cornerback room. Here's what I know. DJ Turner's making it and it, it's kind of wild. It goes without saying, right. It, it's kind of wild how impressive he's been. Yeah. And so I, I really, I'm excited to see if, if all of that translates, I asked a veteran corner and so you can narrow it down now about Turner. And he was like, I, I explained how he gets his head around All that stuff, like my observations, I was just talking to him, he was like, man, it's because he's he's so fast. He's not worried about the receiver beating him, so he doesn't panic like, oh, the receiver's a step ahead of me. He always believes he can catch up and and make a play, and we've seen that. Mm -hmm. I mean, him be able to do that with the ball in the air, even though at times it looks like he's beat or he's lost a step. He's able to make up that ground. The technique is there. Very well coached coming into the league Ooh. and got to a very good coaching staff. Yep. The, which, the thing that the veteran mentioned, not with mm-hmm. just Turner, with all these young DBs, yeah. all of them tackling. Oh yeah. He was like, we got to see them tackle because that, and so that goes for everybody, yeah. you know, because they're not tackling right now. Like Dax ha- had one tackle
1: and Cam Taylor Britt had a tackle or two, but they've they had one live period. all camp. It's a big thing that you miss in training camp. And that is a question for from, sure. from Bengals boy. In the mailbag, it's a question of oh. the cornerback competition. Seamless, oh. seamless transition. Look at this. Seamless transition here. If you had to make a decision right now, you could only choose one. DJ Ivey, Sidney Jones, or Alan George for that last corner spot on the 53.
2: Man, this is. Again, these decisions usually make themselves throughout camp and, and kind of work themselves out. I mean, today, I don't see how you could look at DJ Ivy and say you can't keep him. Because I, I don't think he would make it to the practice squad. Now, could I see Sidney Jones potentially? Yeah, maybe. Could I see uh, Alan George? Yeah, probably. And and I like those guys, and I think that they're you know George could be a you know a good player in this league. Sidney Jones, obviously more established, a veteran. Ivy was drafted. He has the look. He's made plays. He's not perfect, but if he continues to have the the preseason that he's had in training camp and that translates to games, it's hard for me to see him not finding his way onto the team. The
1: difference with sydney jones this year versus last year when he was waived mm. is how much he's getting paid last year when he was waived any team that was going to claim him mm. was going to be taking on a lot more money this year sydney jones is on a vet minimum deal so if he is waived you're trying to get into the practice squad people know who sydney jones is at this point he's been around long enough there's enough tape out there he and he didn't get through the waiver process last year he did oh he did and then he Not, signed with the raiders he did that's right he did and, and, and I think that's potentially because the contract was a little bit bigger. It was a $3.6 million contract that a team would be on the hook for instead of a less than $1 million or roughly $1 million cap hit that he, that, that would be following him on waivers this year. The Bengals, I think, are still, at this point, more inclined to keep the the veteran, I think. With with preseason games left to be played. I would be I, I think DJ Ivy's outplayed Sidney Jones to this point. But he's not out there with the guys that, that he's not getting the reps that, that, that Sidney Jones is getting against that caliber of of Bengals offense. Sure. Which tells I mean could just be a rookie thing, right? But Jones has gone against Charlie Jones and yeah. Yosavash, and so he's he's gone against other guys too. It's not like he's just getting he's rotating with I he's rotating with Turner though. It's not he, Ivy is not getting as many of those opportunities. Maybe you sure. should. Maybe you will. Maybe you will I, after the media's not at practice anymore.
2: I don't know if he should necessarily. I mean, your sixth corner isn't going to you know, I mean that that's it. I don't know if you necessarily need that. I think giving it to Turner and giving it to because it's gonna take a while, it's gonna be a while right? and some bad things are gonna have to happen for either of these guys, I think, yeah. to get substantial playing time, ideally,
1: especially if Cheeto's back. And if you're confident that Cheeto's gonna be back, then maybe that's all the reason. To, to think okay we can keep ivy we can keep the toolsy guy with the upside that, that we mm-hmm. n- maybe needs a little bit of time but if we don't expect him to need to play maybe you're more comfortable with that decision and
2: then if ivy stinks in
1: the preseason
2: yeah then you think you can get him to the practice squad then it's easier you know so there's a lot that we don't know yet and that we won't know but uh, we will start to monitor uh, or continue to monitor on wednesday and
1: some of these decisions like i said they're going to work themselves out yeah. one way or the other yeah and and the games. The games are the most important part. of The right? games. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've got your takeaways from the joint practice coming your way for our next episode. And then we've got a game preview. We've got a game. Green Bay Packers. Cincinnati I just Bengals. realized
2: I'm wearing Man. Packers
1: colors. What a mistake. Wow. We'll, we'll correct that. Man. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.